Hello, friends. It's March the 7th. I'm sorry, April the 7th. I hope I didn't say March yesterday. Um, hey, welcome to Enough for Today for April the 7th, Thursday. And uh, glad you've joined me again today. Um, I'm so thankful to take the journey with you, and I thank you for being a part of this. We're in Psalm 39, and we might finish it today. I, I love to finish a psalm and move on to one, uh, to a new one. I was thinking as the uh, introduction was rolling, though, um, there are not many psalms that leave you kind of hanging in darkness, okay? Most of them, uh, many of them travel through darkness into hope and into deliverance and into celebration, uh, and so you see the whole journey. Uh, but there's one or two or maybe three that they end in suspense, they end with just kind of a leaving off of the thought. <clears throat> this is one that's like that. Psalm 88 is also like that. Uh, Psalm 88 is even heavier and darker. It says, the last, uh, the last verse, Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness. Basically, it's almost as if David or the psalmist is saying, uh, darkness is the only friend I have. <clears throat> that's how... That's how David feels in Psalm 39, and uh, in part because of sin and bad decisions, in part uh, just because of, of hardship in life, and maybe age, or maybe just a season of darkness of soul. We've been unpacking this and meditating and, and uh, musing on this, and we left off yesterday <clears throat> at verse 11 with God's rebukes consuming our beauty. And that's a difficult concept to wrap your brain around. It doesn't mean uh, that God is just uh, literally destroying legitimately beautiful things about us. It's the concept that, that God, in his loving chastening, consumes away the idols of our hearts and the things that we think uh, are beautiful or strong or materialistically uh, substantive about our lives. And so God is purging vanity away from us. There's a connection there between beauty and vanity, okay? And vanity gives a fuller sense to the kind of beauty he's referring to, okay? Um, there's a surface vain beauty, and then there's a deep enduring beauty, right? And so the last thing we said yesterday was that God, when he is like the wings of a moth, consuming away our surface vanity, he's doing that to expose our fragility and the fluidity of our lives, and he wants us to go deeper into deeper beauty, into deeper meaning and deeper purpose. And uh, that's where the word selah comes in, and David, that, that musical term selah would have been a rest, probably a key change. A kind of a lull in the music or maybe a musical interlude and then a resumption. So uh, almost like between between verses of a song or something. <clears throat> and the point of it, um, lyrically and 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 in terms of thought flow, is let let what we just uh, sung or mused on or wrote, let that you know let there be a gap for that to process and sink in. So now verse 12, <clears throat> and let me do this. Let me go ahead and read verses 12 and 13 with you. 
uh, and then we'll, we'll unfold them. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. O spare me, that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. So, um, two verses that bring a rather dark psalm to a conclusion. And the first thought that strikes me is, hear me, O Lord. Um, Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to me. Um, David, again, there's no response from God. He doesn't feel the presence of God. He's not experiencing the presence of God. And so what does he say? God, hear me. It's, it's a bit of a rhetorical request because he knows God's hearing him. Again, we've seen other Psalms like this, but he's expressing this rhetorically because he wants to have the sense that God is hearing him. He wants to have the sense that God is listening uh, to his cries uh, and his need for help. Um, so let's let me let me switch back here to something real quick. So he says, "Hear me, hear hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears." God respond. Okay, hold not your peace is respond. I'm crying, I'm grieving, I'm sorrowing, and God, I need you. I need a response from you. For I am, or the am is in italics, so I, a stranger with thee. Uh, again, David feeling, not is he a stranger with God? Objectively, no. Does he feel distant? Does he feel like a stranger on this journey with God? A sojourner traveling, traveling through this life? Again, the brevity, the vanity... Uh, the meaninglessness, the sense of meaninglessness kind of unfolds here again. I just feel like a passerby. Uh, God, I feel uh, as though I've lost touch, connectivity, relational closeness with you. I feel like a temporary passerby, traveler, as all my fathers were. He's again talking about the transitional nature of life. We're passing through, okay? And then verse 13 Oh, spare me. I want to look at this word spare for a minute. Uh, To look with favor, to have regard for or to pay attention to. Um, That's beautiful because look at what he says next. Oh, spare me. Give, Give me favor. Look with regard. Give me your attention that I may recover strength. So in this position of prayer and crying out and grieving and heaviness and darkness of soul, David is strengthless. He's without strength, okay? But he knows where to turn, and he knows when God responds. When God leans in, gives ear, uh, and responds, holds not his peace, he's going to feel no longer a stranger to God. He's going to feel no longer just a passerby. He's going to be uh, the recipient of a favorable um look from God and regard from God. And that look alone is going to infuse strength in him. His strength is going to return. And this is a wonderful place to land 
because even though it hasn't happened for David, he's praying that it will. I would go so far as to say he believes that it will. David is not letting the darkness consume him. If he was, he would not um, be doing what he's doing. He would not be journaling to God. He would not be writing this, this psalm or this poetry and being so open with God. So God, I want to recover my strength. You are the source of my strength. If it's going to be recovered, it has to come from you. And so we're back to that concept of waiting and hoping. God, because of these things, I believe I will recover my strength in you. Now, my friend, let me pause here and drive home this thought. You may be at a point where you wonder where tomorrow's strength is going to come from, and you're not even sure you have enough to get through today, okay? But this is the nature of darkness. This is the nature of hardness and suffering, and this is how God works. He is your strength, and he will give you the strength you need as you need it. He will give you the grace you need as you need it. And sometimes I can get consumed with worrying about tomorrow's strength, tomorrow's provision, tomorrow's direction, tomorrow's wisdom, when, as Jesus said, and as we named this program, enough for today, sufficient unto this day are the problems thereof, right? So God wants to give me daily grace, daily manna, daily help, and uh, he will recover and renew my strength as I journey with him. So I want to encourage you, if you feel weak, Yeah, you are. And so look up and ask God for that strength, that recovery, that renewal, and count on it. He will be there with fresh grace and strength when you need it. So, Lord, spare me. Look on me with favor that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. So David is essentially saying, before I walk the wrong direction, um, and and I'm gone. I'm a goner, uh, and I I I die or I fail or I fall into oblivion. This shows you the depth of David's despair in this moment. Um, that he feels that he's right on the edge of either dying or a total collapse. Okay, of some kind. That I. Go hence and be no more, that I'm, that I'm going to cease to exist. Um, <clears throat> so as we, as we said when we began the psalm, it's a deep depth of soul. It's a darkness of soul. Now, look at the end of the psalm. We don't know what happened, but we do. We don't, but we do, okay? Looking at the text, we don't know. And what this leaves us with is there are going to be times we pray to God And the prayer ends, and we're still in a dark place. Um, But the substance of the prayer, the the truth behind the prayer, the heart of God, and the hope of God, and the purposes of God that undergird all of life and all of my hardship are rock solid. So again, my friend, even when you don't feel him, even when you don't um, sense the experience of his presence, you can hope, you can wait, you can expect deliverance, you can expect a renewal of strength because this is who God is and this is what he does. So happy Thursday. I hope you're encouraged today. We are now done with Psalm 39. 
and we'll pick it up tomorrow in the next psalm. And I don't know if it's 40 or not, but I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs>